Hey everyone, Tony and John here bringing you King's Talk presented by Cap City Crown. We have a decision. Mike Brown is the new head coach of the Sacramento Kings. He beats out Mark Jackson and Steve Clifford. Um, John, how do you how do you feel about the decision by McNair to go with with Brown over the other candidates? Um, in that regard, well, first let's say it's good that McNair got his guy. That McNair got to be, you know, the decision maker here. Obviously, with the rest of you know um, uh, his front office company. And uh, I mean, I think that is the main takeaway. Um, a little scary there for a second, but uh, I think the Kings they got a they got a guy with experience. They got a guy that's been around. They got a guy that's you know he's he's had his fair share of, you know, uh, shortcomings, I guess, in terms of success in the past. But, you know, he's spent six years with the Warriors. Uh, I did. I just can't imagine that he hadn't, you know, I can't imagine that he failed to learn from that. So I think, I think in, in that regard, I mean, the Kings, you know, th- that, that seems perfect, you know. Uh, it seems like a steady choice. It seems like, you know, they're not trying to fool around. I mean, you start thinking about kind of like <laughs> what position you're in and, you know, you just kind of have to, I feel like with the coaching decision based on the fact that the, you know, they have a nice foundation on the front, on the, on the roster. I feel like the coaching decision, they needed to keep it simple and like, not like not put any uh, thought into it, but keep it simple. Don't do something that could, you know, not work out. And, you know, I think the thing with Mark Jackson, who I think is, you know, capable of being a good coach in this league, you know, I just don't think that that was a great fit, you know, with Rana Dive's team. I just, you know, I I don't know about that, you know, and I just feel like that uh, by going with Brown, they're not, they're not really messing around. And, uh, you know, it's not a name that people may be super excited about from the top, but, at the end of the day, considering the three finalists, I mean, I, you can't really knock the move. It's a really, really good hire, I think. And, you know, um, if you're going to copy the Warriors, as it seems, uh, that's kind of been the Kings M.O. since Ron Adive's taken over. Um, I think they're actually doing it in a way that's going to – that actually has a potential to work out because, A – you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sole decision from the GM. There's hardly any, as far as we're concerned, uh, any hindrance from the owner. And, uh, you know, that's excellent. But also all the things I laid out before, I mean, you're getting, you're getting a guy that's really soaked up a lot in Golden State and, you know, great hire, honestly. Yeah. He, what do you it think? is a great, it's a great hire. It really is. Um, from the beginning, before any of the candidates were really, um, like named, um, you know, Mike Brown was obviously on that list of people the Kings were going to be interested in. And 
I think from the beginning, he wasn't someone I was ever super excited about, right? He didn't have that, he didn't have that like same name or as like a D'Antoni or like an Atkinson. Even like Jackson kind of brings a little excitement. But mm-hmm. it's like it was a guy from the beginning as well, where if the Kings did end up going with Mike Brown, I would have been okay with it. I wouldn't know it was a good choice. And sometimes those less exciting names, the consistent guys, um, you know, that's it's going to be a better decision in the long run than like, you know, say a D'Antoni style offense with, uh, or something like that. Because Frank Brown, great on the defensive end. Um, he's been working under Steve Kerr for what, six years now, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. One of the better offensive guys in the game. So, uh, I, I think I read that he knows that he could improve on the offensive side with his coaching. So he really has studied Kerr, takes a lot of notes. Even Kerr has said that something he learned from Mike Brown is to really just tar- start taking notes and writing stuff down. And so that's just how, you know, Mike Brown is just really locked in and learning on Kerr. So that, you know, like maybe he doesn't have so much success in the offense in the past. Like he took the time to learn under someone great like Kerr. Um, I Hopefully his defense shouldn't be an issue because it's never been an issue in the past. So, And, you know, it, it was a great hire, and he brings over a fantastic resume. You know, someone, a resume that a Kings coach hasn't had in a long while, coach of the year, uh, 61% win percentage in his career, head mm-hmm. coach of an Olympic national team. Um, yeah, so, just to interrupt, I don't think that yeah. winning percentage gets mentioned a lot, and yeah. I don't even think I think about it a lot. And that—that's a you know, you look at all the coaching candidates; it was always sub five hundred, you know, for the most part. And Brown, it wasn't just above five hundred. I mean, once you get in that sixty percent category, I mean, like that's really solid. I mean, he's coached yeah. what, like two losing teams, maybe one. <laughs> I think it was just the I, second stint in Cleveland. I think it was just that one time. That he had a losing season. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Here, let me see. The Kings posted something the other day. There's like this big thing on five things you should know about Mike Brown. And according to them, he has the um let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He has the ninth best winning percentage of all time for a coach with more than five hundred games at the helm. The ninth hmm. best. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty who's good. In that, who's on that list? Number one, who's he, who's, Phil Jackson. Yeah. Okay, number yeah. two, Billy Cunningham. I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. I'm not exactly sure who Billy Cunningham is. Um, do you? Am I just. I no, I'm like, I bet the name sounds familiar. But <laughs> so many. Uh, you know. Then you got Steve Kerr, which makes sense. Casey Jones, Red Arbach, Popovich, Pat Riley. Tom Heinsone, who I'm not entirely sure who that is either. Um, do you? I, I don't want to sound stupid. No, no. <laughs> okay, and then Mike Brown. I think I think if people if people know that they just have a they have a they're they're really in tune with the with the game. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you got Mike Brown, and then Jerry Sloan. So, I mean, that's an incredible list to be a part of. Yeah, I think. Brown will always have those asterisks next to his name, coaching teams that contain LeBron or Kobe. Um, But I mean, one of those, what, yeah, I'm sorry. Let me, let me say something. Let me finish that thought. Is that 
any of those guys that we just mentioned, all those guys had multiple, you know, they've coached multiple Hall of Famers. So you can't really get it done without all stars on your team. And so uh, that's absolutely I true. That's I mean, look at the league. And the league yeah, exactly. Every championship team has, you know, dynamic duo, a trio, something. You can't have that without, you know, <laughs> you need that. It's definitely yeah. necessary. But also coaching the stars. I mean, particularly having to deal with, not deal with, but I mean, like, trying to work with LeBron, you know, especially as he became one of the best, if not the best basketball players in the game while Brown was coaching him. I mean, that, again, getting to the learning experience thing, I mean, you know, he made some mistakes with that, but it's like, I mean, that, that, that's such a, that's such a huge thing to me. I mean, I think once you've dealed, you've, once you've dealt with stars, I mean, first of all, I think that puts you in a mindset that, that, I mean, he, not to say he probably isn't, you know, I'm, I'm sure that anybody that's involved in professional sports, there's never a shortage of confidence, I don't think. But, um, you know, I think that definitely adds to his um, his mindset and his, his comfortable, his, uh, his uh, level of comfort uh, dealing with players and whatnot. I mean, he's, he's such a high uh, character guy. Um, I think that that adds to it, you know, having to work around things, having to work around, you know, because with with great talent comes great ego and and also great knowledge and sometimes horns lock up and stuff so i mean that that that's huge in terms of of learning experience and i mean like you could sit there and knock it all you want like oh he coached lebron he coached kobe i mean uh look at what the cavs were doing before mike brown got there you know they were a mess um yeah they were going on i think they had a playoff drought that was approaching a decade and, you know, it, it just sounds kind of familiar to this. It just when, you know, you look back at the Cavs bringing in Mike Brown, it doesn't seem too different. There's a lot of differences, but it doesn't seem too different uh, from the situation right now. Other than the fact, you know, obviously that Brown has a bunch of experience now. But, you know, I, just on a, a side side note here, um, I think there should be a sixth thing. Kings fans should know about Mike Brown is that when he got a job with the Denver Nuggets, he had he had hair at one point. He had the worst flat top I've ever seen. The worst. You guys should look Whoa. it up. Look up Mike I'm, Brown's flat top from the nineties. It's it's a mess. I'm so interested. I got a critique on that. You know, he's got to work Mike on that. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know I've never seen the picture. Mike Brown's always been bald. To he me, probably but... paid a bunch of money to have it deleted from the internet. <laughs> Probably. It's an, no, it's an embarrassing photo. That's you know, he probably didn't want McNair to see that. And you know what? <laughs> Were we talking last week? Him. Yeah, bald. Yeah, dudes. the bald. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson didn't stand a chance. <laughs> Too much hair. Too much hair. I, but, I typed in Mike Brown flat top. I'm very interested now. <laughs> I, I think all the folks at home should uh <laughs> should indulge on the on the picture. You know, but. I mean, yeah, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to really dig for this one. I can already tell. But I'll send. I'll send it to you. I think it's in. Uh, it's in a. It's uh, in an article somewhere, on the internet. But <laughs> right. um, I'll send that to you, and uh, you can make it your background photo. <laughs> yeah, my wallpaper for sure. <laughs> I mean, or just get it printed at Kinko's. You know, get a get like a, a fat head of it. <laughs> a fat yeah. head. 
Oh, my God. oh man, just throwing it back, man. Fatheads, man. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Fatheads was a, make was a thing ten years ago. Well, I don't know. I never knew anyone with a fathead, but I remember just every commercial being a fathead. I never really wanted one though. I wasn't a big poster guy. I mean, like yeah. you put it up on the wall. What are, you, what are you supposed to do with it? I mean, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I just I don't know. I mean, just anything posters in general, like. I don't know, every, like, TV show you see, like, a kid always has a ton of posters. I just, I don't know if that was a real thing. Nobody I knew really had any, like, posters of their, like, idols or whatever. Right. And Mike Brown. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just, uh, <laughs> we're I, I shouldn't but, have, I was, like, thinking about not bringing up the flat top, but I just felt it was so necessary. No, no, I, I think that's important information to know as Kings fan. <laughs> I mean... I, I didn't know. That's new information. But mm-hmm. getting back on track, if you have nothing to add to Mike Brown's no, flat no, top. No, no. Um, yeah, I mean, coaching LeBron, going back to that, we were talking about a couple minutes ago. Um, yeah, I, I think Mike Brown, there's something, maybe you wrote about it, and sorry if I'm quoting you or something else, but um, I, I, I reports came out that you know, like Mike Brown didn't listen to LeBron. Or, I'm sorry, Mike Brown didn't. No, LeBron didn't listen to Mike Brown, and he kind of lost the locker room a little. He lost respect from his players because he, you know, when you the star player doesn't listen to the coach, it's like, how much weight do you hold? So uh, it's something that Mike Brown said he learned about, or, you know, he learned to deal with and get better at. It was a big learning opportunity. Not saying that there's anyone like LeBron James on the Kings at the moment, but right. Right. I mean, like you said though, like you, you know, these are professionals. These are adults. Like you might lock horns and, you know, it's just, I can't speak sustainable winning. Um, you're gonna have to have a good locker room. And it sounds like Mike Brown knows how to keep a good locker room on top of, you know, him learning about how to, you know, deal with maybe some conflicts. And, uh, so I, I thought that was good. And I think, yeah, Kobe Bryant. I think that might be one of the that might be one of the Kings' best fee, uh, characteristics right now. Like the fact that they have it seems like they have high character guys. You know, uh, they yeah. just went out and traded for a bunch. Now they're 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 uh, putting Mike Brown at the top of it, and I mean that's that's a good thing. The chemistry should be able to gel from there. You know, um, it's yeah. a great platform for that. But you can finish up that thought. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, I think Kobe came out or when Co- or Mike Brown was coaching Kobe and there was some report, reports of turmoil between the two and the Kobe death stare or something. And Kobe denied yeah, that... those allegations and was like, no, like we got along like well and stuff. So, I mean, that's just to back up the fact that he probably did learn from that stint with LeBron and how to deal with someone at the level of a LeBron or a Kobe Bryant or just you mm-hmm. know an all-star in general. Right. Yeah, I think the the death stare thing that's just uh kind of a that's product of LA media particularly. Yeah. Um, for sure. But yeah, you know, the the particular thing with um Brown and LeBron was that um uh like LeBron I think I think it went like Mike Brown like would kind of like not correct LeBron after a certain point. But he would correct other people. <laughs> and I think, like, Delonte West, I think, like, called him out on it in, like, a film room meeting. And it's just like, man, 
like at that point you just like you said i mean like you just lost it at that point i mean that's that's horrible but again also that is such a learning experience you know you just gotta you gotta the 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 gut instinct is all of a sudden far more refined um it's got that experience now you know it's just gonna be a situation where you know i don't think that the kings are going to be losing games because guys don't like each other because there's turmoil in the locker room or anything like that and you know it's as simple as it sounds but you just you cannot get into anything like that because once you have any kind of split or cracks in the locker room your season's done so i mean this is this is just so important because you just have to keep that that continuity you know it's only a little bit of progress that they've made they just look better the kings just look better at the end of last season but brown just allows that path to continue and you know gee you know they're going to be drafting again they're going to bring in uh, more pieces knock on wood um this is a great first step for the offseason uh, just excellent and you know, just on the the Kerr thing, I mean, it'll be interesting to see um, how that offense ends up playing out and what it looks like. I think that's one of the things I'm super excited about. Um, you already saw the ball flying around, passing uh, a lot more with Sabonis on the floor. Um, and I just think you're going to start seeing beautiful basketball or the potential for beautiful basketball. You never want to get ahead of yourself. But, you know. It's going to be really, I mean, in terms of at least uh, from a business standpoint, I think um, the Kings have convinced enough people that, or Kings fans, I wouldn't say anybody else outside uh, uh, that fan base, because um, the league is a little rough on the Kings for reasons that are justified and also not justified. Um, but, you know, in terms of selling fans on the potential of next season, I mean, they're doing a good job. And, uh, all the credit to McNair. Um, and thank goodness, thank goodness, uh, Rana Dive just, uh, the, the whole appearance at, uh, was it game three, game two? Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness that just, you could just forget about it. I mean, a little ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> this just showed up. Nobody knew he was coming. Um, very bizarre. You know, uh, I think, Sam Amick wrote that um, there was a potential that Ron Adive was going to get an up-close look, which, like, when you start thinking about it that way, it really did start to sound like he was making that decision. Which brings me, because that didn't end up happening, they ended up hiring Mike Brown and everything's all fine and dandy, but that brings me back to what you said a week or two ago about um, the whole, I think it was last week, uh, the Ron Adive reports that uh he's interested in jacks and all this stuff and how it got everybody thinking like oh he's getting involved in basketball decisions you said that could just be basically like an intentional move to drive up that concern and then everybody can kind of take that collective sigh of relief and then all of a sudden you've taken a bunch of heat off you as the owner ron adive that is um so i thought what you said i mean I, I thought there was a potential for that, but as soon as everything played out the way it did, I was like, there's, there's this, you're absolutely right. I think, I think that was a hundred percent intentional. And uh, I mean, regardless if you see it that way or not, it kind of worked, you know, it makes definitely. everyone look good. Yeah, definitely. 
yeah, I mean, it's like McNair, it's like I control the front office. Vivek, it's like, hey, I can like a guy. Doesn't mean we're going to hire him, you know? Exactly. So, I yeah, and I was pretty confident, even with all those reports, it, when it became, you know, between a Jackson and Mike Brown race, um, I was pretty confident that it was going to go to Mike Brown. I just, Mark Jackson seemed a little too far-fetched. Um, and even surprised he even got that far in the interview process. But I, I mean, I could totally, have, I, I kind of believe a lot more now um, that that story was made up just to show, you know, just make everyone look good. Like I said, like show McNair that he's in control. He got his guy. No, no reason to worry in sack. So mm-hmm. it's that, I don't know. That Mark Jackson thing just seemed a little. I don't know. I mean, it's believable. Like, Vivek wants, like, Mark Jackson, guys, and coached in seven years and is known to butt heads with uh, the owners in front office. Like, that's, you know, someone Vivek would pick to be head coach, like, no doubt. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's regardless, it's, it's important that Vivek did stay out. And it's, you know, it's great news for the Kings. And, um, that McNair does actually have control of this front office because he's done nothing yet to, you know, make Kings fans believe that he's not, you know, uh, you know, not suited to be that GM for this team. He's only made right moves so far. He's just drafted extremely well twice in a row. He made a big decision getting rid of Halliburton because, I mean, everyone loved Halliburton. But you bring in an all-star like Sabonis with another, what, year? Two, how many years does he have? Is he a free agent after this year? I think he's got a couple. I think it's I, two years. I think he has two agent. years, right? Yeah. Two years that. left on his contract. Um, and then you bring in, you know, a coach like Mike Brown, who is he's a winner. I mean, like we said, 61% winning percentage. Um, you know, can coach well on defense, and hopefully he's improved off uh, on his offensive side since being under Kerr. Um. Yeah, it sounded like more of a story just to make us think, you know, think away and just for it to all turn well in the end. So, yeah. and I also was reading that Mark Jackson doesn't have an agent or anything. So, how were these stories getting leaked when I don't know, it was just, it was kind of weird. Like who's who's it's strange. Who's reporting this? Unless it was just Jackson reporting it. It's like, yeah, they like me. So, I don't know. It was kind <laughs> of a it was kind of a weird situation. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't recall what the source was for that. Um, but, you know, I mean, it just makes too much sense that they would do that. And again, it's like, if you're aware of it or not, I mean, like, I can't say that's a dumb thing to do. It's very smart. Um, you know, and uh, I, I mean, honestly... Like, I think from the beginning, like, like you said, you were surprised that Jackson even got that far into the interview process. And I don't think you're saying that because you don't think he's a good coach. I don't think anybody's saying that. Um, a lot of people get very testy about Mark Jackson. Um, but I think there's a bit of more nuance to that conversation rather than he's a good coach or he's a bad coach or he's a good guy or he's a bad guy. I think he's a good coach. I don't know about character. I'm not going to judge that. Um, I just don't think it was a good fit for the Kings. I just never saw that happening. I never saw that really playing out that way. 
and so, I mean, that that whole thing could have been just a <laughs> could have been a deliberate, you know, situation. I don't know. I mean, like he's such a polarizing figure. You think and this is a little more speculative than anything, um, but you know, like, well, we'll 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 put this kind of like polarizing figure um, in competition with this, uh, you know, less controversial figure, this uh, well liked guy. Um, and we'll kind of like make it interesting. And then, you know, again, this is, this is all conjecture at this point, but, um, you know, it just seems from a PR standpoint, that's just, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think for a lot of fans that settled nerves. Um, and like I said, I mean, talk about selling the potential of next season that adds to it, you know, and Rana Diva is a businessman at the end of the day. Um, so I just have trouble yeah. believing that. Well, yeah. You know what adds to that, too, is that it's like when the reports came out, it's like, yeah, the clear favorite in the front office is Mike Brown. And then it's like, what's Mark Jackson doing here? Or even Steve Clifford. I mean, I know that you have to, you know, get this second round of interviews regardless. You probably have to bring in a couple of guys. But the fact that, like, it doesn't seem, it, McNair seemed to know who his guy was and then. It seemed at that point it made it seem like the only reason Mark Jackson was there was because of Vivek. Then you start thinking, like, oh, like, how is Vivek meddling again? So it just adds to that story where it's like, okay, maybe they did just make it up. It was this controversial guy. McNair already had his guy. Like, why is Mark Jackson here in the first place? Do you actually believe Monte McNair, if he was in full control, would bring in Mark Jackson to a second round of interviews? Because I don't, I, I mean, it seems like it was either there because Vivek was actually meddling or it was for the story. And it was like you said, it was like Mike Brown or Mark Jackson, um, you know, Mark Jackson and Vivek versus McNair and Mike Brown. And in the end, it's Mike Brown and McNair. And, you know, we're all happy because Vivek's, you know, he's out of it. I don't know. It was just, <laughs> it's just so weird. So. Yeah. The more we the more we talk about it right now, the more I want to say that it was it was just you know make a story up and make it look good on the Kings mm -hmm. end. So yeah, it just seemed it seemed like they wanted it's it's almost like there was a just it was it almost seemed like a way to kind of draw attention to it, you know, um, like I know what they hired him on Sunday. Um, but it's like on Friday, like Jason Anderson reported that like the coach will probably get picked by the end of the weekend. But it could also happen by the end of the day, you know? And yeah, right. I just didn't think that was believable because I'm like, well, the Warriors play on Saturday and Mark Jackson's going to do the game and, you know, all that stuff. It didn't make sense that they would hire before then. Um, it just it just seemed like it was very, very, you know, there, it was a very conscious decision. Everything that they were doing was was thought about, and you know, like I said, he's a businessman, Rana Dive, and hey, you know, I'm sure that he's good at doing the business stuff and making himself look good, um, because he's made himself look so bad <laughs> that uh, you know he's had to talk about learning lessons from your mistakes. I mean, maybe he's uh, finally gotten it through his skull that um, that's the way it should be. But, um, you know, it's just kind of weird. But at the end of the day, all things, you know, ended well, it seems, uh, for now. 
you know, still got a nice off season ahead, but uh, it's also fun knowing that uh, Mike Brown gets to, you know, grease up the gears of head coaching with uh, these two games, maybe more, I don't know, uh, for the Warriors getting to get thrust into the uh, head coaching seat again. Um, so, you know, that's not so bad. Um, yeah. Kings, Kings kind of getting a little test drive here. Yeah. First Kings coach to win a playoff game in 16 years, technically, right? It's pretty crazy, man. Didn't expect it that way, but hey, you know, you take what you can get. You take what you can get. Um, but going back to the offseason, and, you know, it, it's the first move of an important offseason. I believe the NBA draft lottery prediction is next, or not prediction, but the lottery balls are going to be drawn, I think, next week. The 17th. Week. Yeah, yeah it's so I think next Tuesday. So, um, you know, that's that's up ahead. So, But I also saw that Mark Spears was on the Deuce and Mo show yesterday, and he said that, um mike brown has enough cash around the league to you know attract some free agents so that yeah you know i mean that was probably went into their decision a little because he's a respected coach people like him want to play for him but i mean it's encouraging for this offseason too because it makes you think like okay like we actually have a respected coach a winner a guy people want to play for like maybe we can actually get you know more than what we usually do out of free agency. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's I, kind I of exciting. And add to it, I mean, you get to play with Sabonis and Fox. I mean, I think that has appeal, you know. Um, we were saying with this coaching search that, um, you know, for the first time in a while, this a, a, a job coaching the Kings actually has, like, value. I mean, like, it, it has a lure to it. And... Um, the Kings are slowly building that um, that kind of uh, it's not going to be a you know a destination uh, for everybody, but you know they're really slowly building it up. You know they got an all star. They have a good solid you know kind of a fa- foundation with uh, Fox and Sabonis. You add Brown, you're slowly building um, uh, the appeal of uh, being part of this organization, which you know. It seemed to be missing for so long, but again, like there's something about keeping it simple, and I think that's just all McNair at this point. He's just he's you can't swing your eyes, close your eyes, and swing like hell and fix it, you know. And he's being very, you know, meticulous and um, you know uh, very smart about things. And uh, like we just said, you know, take what you can get, I guess. Uh, take you know that's kind of seems to be McNair's kind of a uh, thing. You know, take what you can get, keep it simple. He's always drafting the best player available. He's not getting ahead of himself. We got to get this guy or get that guy because it's going to work better this way or that way. That's how you ended up with Marvin Bagley. You know, yeah. You got to keep it simple. You have to. You know, this is this is you don't keep it simple. That's how you end up with Luke Walton as a coach. You start overthinking things. You think he's going to mysteriously after coaching a young Lakers team and doing nothing with it, come up to Sacramento, coach a young Sacramento team and all of a sudden have it going. I mean, like I keep it simple, man. I mean, like look at the track record there. I mean, it's just, it's, it's nice to know it's, 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 and it seems very obvious that that's all McNair's doing. And that's an important, you know, uh, philosophy for the Kings. Super. And, uh, that's just, 
I mean, that's that's exactly where you need to start. And uh, things can only go up. I mean, and they can obviously go down. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you got to, it's not super steep at this point. It's still pretty steep, but it's doable. And you just one step at a time. As silly as that sounds, it's exactly what you need to do. No, it's, I'm glad you brought that up. Like keeping it simple. It's, it sounds simple, right? Keeping it simple sounds simple, but it's sometimes it's the hardest thing to do because you always want to, you know, you really want to extend your reach and maybe like grab something that you think can turn into this great thing. But I mean, that that's where the risk comes into play and, you know, trying to land someone, like you said, Bagley, it's like Doncic was the obvious number two, right? Um, mm-hmm. that's like you draft for fit instead of best player available and you see what happens. Um, I mean, keeping it simple, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. And it's, it's refreshing that McNair has done that because obviously under Vlade, it was never keeping it simple. It was just trying to, you know, hit a home run and just striking out, you know, every time. So yeah, it, it is, it's nice to see McNair do that. And that's why I have so much faith in McNair is that he's not making these stupid moves. Like, yeah. Vlade's first move as a GM, like so short in, was trading away like all this salary cap to the Sixers, and then eventually giving away that draft pick. Um, you know that went uh, who'd that turn into? Turned I think into... it ended up somehow going to Boston, and they got Jason Tatum with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would have been the first overall pick, huh? Uh, I mean, whatever. No, no. Oh, wait, no, no, Jason Tatum. Well, you know. Oh, yeah, because the Sixers. Well, the Sixers would have had the first overall pick. They traded it to the Celtics for that. So it would have been the first overall pick. Yeah, I forget the specifics on this, but it's... Yeah, I do, too. <laughs> and we got Fox out of that draft, so it doesn't matter too much. Exactly, but, but you know, it's just anything with Vladi. It's just, like, such a headache to think about Vladi. And I don't even not 100% think... I just think that he... I mean, he wasn't a good GM, wasn't a good executive in any way, but, you know, whose fault was that? You know, it's not really Vladi's fault. You know, you put a blind person behind the wheel. You're really going to blame the blind person, (laughs) you know? Um, But yeah, I think that's another thing about the keeping it simple is if you're able to keep it simple, if you have that kind of like, you know, uh, awareness to be able to do that, that's that's a form of confidence. That's a form of, I know what I'm going to be able to get later. I know what I'm going to be able to do. I know. You know, it's a very, you know, it's, it's, it's very in touch with what's going on. All this like swinging around and doing stupid stuff. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a clear tell that you don't know what the hell you're doing. And you're trying anything at that point. And, you know, it's, it's like desperately trying to dog, doggy paddle um, in the water. You know, that's not a really good way to preserve your energy and swim, you know. Um, so keep it simple, man, you know, and yeah, that's mm-hmm. just great. Yeah. And like time. you said, it's a form to me, it's a form of self-control and true, you know, you, you're gonna not, you know, fold under pressure. You're going to just keep it simple, keep doing the right moves, keep making the right decisions and not trying to stretch your limits. So, and now that I think about it, cause I do have to clear my name on this. You're right. It, it would have been for the Tatum pick. I was getting confused about those big mm. swaps and i just <laughs> had to make sure i don't sound dumb but um that's good that's good yeah keeping it simple mcnair it's, it's philosophy it's worked so so you know it's worked uh so far so only um yeah. 
only good things to come. Excited about this draft. Um, the Kings started working out some players, so hopefully yeah. um, he can land another pick in the, the draft, and I think and he will. see where that pick is, too, in that first round. It'll be interesting uh, to see if the Kings can catch a break. Can we finally? Can we finally catch a break? Like, we caught a break, and it, you know what? We we did catch a break. We got the number two overall <laughs> pick, and it should be Luka Doncic, who's in the second round of the playoffs, and giving the Suns a run for their money, but like come on <laughs> like it's well it's like they like vlade like got that gift from the basketball gods and essentially spit on it and threw it in the garbage and so <laughs> it's not mcnair's fault you know but the basketball gods probably you know they're not they're not too happy with sacramento for the immediate future but who knows maybe they'll throw us a bone maybe maybe they'll see that we're, we're changed vivek's not meddling we got rid of that guy named vlade you know, we're we got it. We got an all star on the team, so we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully that lottery ball, you know, falls our way this time. But I mean, as long as we don't fall back, <laughs> that would be even more depressing. It's like, oh. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Oh, we got the eleventh. We we're supposed to get the seventh. <laughs> That's the worst. Right. So hopefully, yeah, top five would be great. Even the fifth, I'll be happy with. But. A lot of options um, in the draft, and probably do that podcast on another day as I still need to oh, look yeah. a little more into the prospects. But I, f- I yeah. feel like anytime it's the draft, you could you could do, always do more homework. <laughs> yeah, for and sure. also with the draft, it's one of the things that uh, in the NBA particularly, um, how the hell do you know with some of these guys? You know yeah so many right? people with so much upside that don't turn into anything and then so many people like you get draymond green in the second round you know and he could basically be the reason i mean of course steph curry and clay thompson but it's like you don't you're not just good without draymond green you know yeah um, and i mean so it'll two be, time be interesting. back-to-back mvp nikola Jokic, second rounder yeah crazy nuts and then absolutely nuts. you see there's you see, there's that guy that's coming into the draft. His name's Nikola Jovic. It's like the same name instead of a K. It's a V. And he's Whoa. like, he's like a top pick too. He's gonna be like first round, like high first round. Dang. So that's kind of funny. The Joker versus the Jover. <laughs> the Joker versus the Jover. <laughs> I guess that doesn't really stick, guys. No. Try again, but um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was thinking. Um, about our old friend Luke Walton. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, hey, you know, since uh, there's going to be a spot open on the Warriors bench, um, I think Luke's got a job there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back, you know? Uh, I mean, he excelled under Kerr. I mean, I mean, he's the guy who started off the season, what, 24 and 0 yeah. or whatever? Yeah, something um, like that. I mean, the. The dude was a great assistant to Kerr. So, I mean, he they won 73-9 that year. Um, although he maybe not doesn't have the chops to be a head coach. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, why not? I, I don't I, – I think it would just be weird if you hired Luke Walton again. But, I mean, I don't know. He, he did well, so why not if you're the Warriors? But I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know coaching staffs like that. They yeah. really give you a specific answer. It just it seems weird to me, but then I'm like, 
Well, I mean, if he did well, like, why not? He's available. Or it's like, mm-hmm. or were they like looking at his head coaching experience? It's like, this guy sucks. But it's like, why would you take the head coaching experience in when he had obvious, he, you know, he must have done something right as an assistant coach if the Warriors went 73 and 9. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just, it's odd to me. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer. Maybe. Right. That's my answer. It's kind of just more fun to think about. I mean, in terms of like if that kind of jumps to just wondering about what's uh, Mike Brown's staff going to look like. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like, ah, I, like you said, I don't think <laughs> I'm not, I'm not in the league. Um, I don't know guys in the league as well. Um, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see who, you know, with the focus on offense that he'll want to put in, um, particularly who, you know, kind of the lead assistant in terms of the offensive side of the floor, that will be interesting to see who they get, um, uh, in that department. But um, yeah, I'm looking I forward wonder, to that. I wonder if Doug stays. Um, no, I, I probably I good. Think... He they they didn't they they worked out. No, it wasn't. It was a uh, Bobby Jackson, I think, when they made the switch to um, Walton. They like they basically were like, okay, you can pick your own staff, but you got to keep Bobby Jackson. I, I it's something to that effect. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did that with Christie. Um, we'll have to see. You know, I, I, I can't. I mean, Chris, Chris, Christie's got. He was. He's been a coach, uh, an assistant. Did he start last year or is it this year? Christie, Christie was last year. That was his first okay. year. Yeah, I mean, you know, they'll have to see. I don't know. I'm sure they talked about that, but do you do you um, have any like strong feelings on it? I, I like Doug. I mean. If I want to see anyone succeed in sack, it'd be, you know, oh, someone yeah. like Doug Christie or, or from those, of course, glory days, Bobby Jackson, you know, he's in Stockton now, but he was an assistant coach for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if, if he's, if Mike Brown thinks he's good enough, I think that's my answer. If Mike Brown thinks he's doing good, then I want him to stay. But I mean, if maybe Mike Brown comes in and like I said, I don't know enough about coaches, but he's like, oh, Doug Christie, like, we I think he's good, but uh, like we could get better. Then I'm all for getting rid of Doug. Unfortunately, hope I mean bring him back to the broadcasting booth. I I kind of miss him there. But if he's mm. doing great work on the sideline, then he should stay there. But I I just yeah. don't know enough. Um, but I mean of course I would love to see Doug succeed here. So fingers crossed. But it's it's really dependent on what he really provides. And I'm not saying yeah, he I would provides almost... anything bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know how good an assistant coach he truly is. I don't think anyone does. So. And I would I would almost be tempted to say that if you were going to keep one guy from the staff on Mike Brown's staff, sorry, Doug, I want to keep Rico Hines. The way yeah, players Rico talk Hines, about Rico sure. Hines, I mean, the way he's, he's spoken about by players all over the league, I mean, that's a guy you need to keep, that, that player development. And I would, you know, wouldn't be surprised if you try to work it out to keep him on the staff, keep him with the organization, but you know, we'll have to see. Um, definitely be interesting. Definitely always another caveat to the yeah, well, story or the going back to, Yeah. Well, going back to Mark Spears uh, on the Deuce and Mo show yesterday is that he said, take a look at who's on the Nigerian national team staff and you'll have an understanding of who mm. you should expect. So 
Uh, a couple of the names thrown out as well are Jordy Fernandez, um, Luke Lux, Lux, I don't know, L-O-U-C-K-S. Why does that sound familiar? I know. They said those are names to watch. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, maybe check out that Nigerian Olympic team. I mean, that makes sense, right? And um, Yeah, no, definitely. And even... Maybe, who, maybe he's still someone from Golden State. Take someone with him. Yeah. Who said it? Was it Clay? It was someone from the... Was it Draymond? I don't know. Someone. It was someone from the Warriors. Like, you know, expect him to um, bring that great staff over. I think it was Draymond. I think he said it on his podcast. He's like, I'm expect to bring his great staff over with him. And, you know, I think that playoff, uh, that playoff streak should be broken in the near future. So, I mean, I mean, it sounds like... I've only heard good things from Warriors players about Mike Brown. So, I mean, a well-respected team like the Warriors respecting a coach like Brown, that's good news. And so, and it's only positives, really. And I expect him to bring in a good staff. He's, yeah. he's been around the league enough. He knows people. Um, so, I, I, I don't have – again, even if <laughs> they'll say Jordy Fernandez, I'll be like, great, that's awesome. I – won't really know who he is (laughs) yes i mean it's a results driven league right as everybody always says so that's that's when you'll know are they winning or not but yeah exactly so be interesting definitely a long off season ahead of us long 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 i mean it's not the postseason is not even over but i mean the next big thing is the draft lottery so it's next big thing to look out for it can make or break our spirits really but the end of the day I'll, I'll trust McNair to you know make that right decision as he has been since day one coming here mm-hmm it'll be good it'll be good it'd be interesting though I mean um I haven't thought super far ahead on this but I know people have talked about it a lot what are the thoughts on trading that pick if like you could get somebody and this is where I don't like this conversation because it's like you have to have someone specific in mind if you're going to start talking about that, but, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I, I'm always open for trading draft picks. Um, if you can land you someone good, I mean, trading a first round pick for a guy, I don't know. They, the guy has to move the needle. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so arbitrary saying it. It's like, yeah, this guy can move the needle. I don't know. Like McNair has to be confident in the pick. I mean, it's always like you hope for, a guy that's been an all-star in his career and still relatively close to his prime. Um, you know, cause especially where the Kings draft, the first rounders are, they're valuable. And I mean, like what they did yeah. with their last two. So, and look what they could have done with their last <laughs> 15. So, seriously, um, you know, it, it's, it's hard to get rid of those. Um, I'm down for it though. If you, there's the right deal involved, go for it. I mean, of course, if this pick gets a little, you know, if it gets like, well, it's a good pick, like one through three, then that's when you really start pondering. But, um, yeah. and yeah, not having a specific player in mind, like, you know, if we got makes it hard. And it, yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it's obviously situational, and we'll definitely have more to talk about um, next week once the lottery balls are picked. So that'll be nice. Um, mm-hmm. And we can definitely discuss that further because, like, if it's, if it's the number two pick, it's like, well, how do you feel about training that? It's like, I don't know. Like, I really like Jabari Smith, but yeah. um, but then it's like, ah, oh, here's like, you get, we got the number nine. It's like, 
okay, like, this guy's good, but, I mean, he's kind of a project, you know, those, those risks, they become a little different, and the openness to trading them, uh, obviously, it's not, the, not like rocket science here, but it's hard, it, it is hard to give a specific answer to that question as well, but I'm yeah. always open to it, I'm always open to it, if that right deal's there, then sure, pull the trigger, I mean, I'd much rather have a established player in the league like an established star or someone you think that can push the needle than a guy that you're going to have to take a chance on. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know, Marvin Bagley. I mean, look at that. Jimmer Fredette. Just names like that where it's like, they could turn into really good players, but, I mean, that's the draft's a crapshoot. And sometimes getting that already established guy in the league, um, sometimes that's just the better option. I hear that. 100% agree. Be interesting to see. Lot to look forward here. Uh, look forward to, to look here. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, very much so. But yeah, but man. good start you... hiring uh, Mike Brown. You yeah. know, from here it uh, you know, you hopefully it's only the, up. Uh, yeah, let only... the adults take control here and see what happens. Yeah, that's all. That's all we can do. Sit and wait. It's as fans all we can do. But it's it's been a promising, uh, you know. It's been a good off season in the short off season so far with a lot of promise ahead. So yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Do you have anything else to add? Nope. Just continue keeping it simple. And I think the Kings are on a good path. Yeah. Get him said it better myself. All right. Until next time, Tony and John bringing you Kings talk by Cap City Crown. Have a good one.